Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. And it's a Thursday morning. It's January 25th. Great to be with you here on EWTN. Thanks so much for listening. And we have a great lineup for you today. We have the one, the only, Father Mitch Pacwa joining us for two segments for our cultural connections. And you know, God's timing is, is always perfect. I don't know if you've been feeling uh, the frustration, the annoyance, and the uh, righteous anger after seeing uh, Joe Biden, who claims to be a devout Catholic, along with his vice president, Kamala Harris, and other members of the, I was going to say Obama administration, <laughs> Freudian slip, but uh, Biden administration, out there just, you know, pushing for more abortion, more abortion, more abortion, more chemical abortions, more abortions, more abortions, more abortions. And thanks be to God, we have uh, so many good people in the church who are making a difference. Bishop Michael Burbage of Virginia, of course, and he's the head of the USCCB pro-life team and he is um, really speaking out about this and gave a really powerful statement we'll have that in the news but what's so frustrating to me is that they are pushing and this is what they always do because they're really good at it because they don't have anything else so they lie they're pushing these particular uh, agendas and these lies and what they do really well with this is they actually tug at people's hearts and, and they get these very dramatic stories and and they twist the truth and we need to be able to respond to that with love. And that's why I was so excited about the March for Life and their theme this year, which is With Every Woman for Every Child, which is what we are all about. Now, tomorrow on Fact Check Friday, I am going to be talking a little bit more about uh, some positive stories that I did actually see that were balanced, believe it or not, in the secular press. And so we'll talk about that tomorrow. But I think that's kind of old news now, what we're seeing is this effort to embrace these two big stories, the one from the Biden administration out there on the abortion campaign trail. Catholic News Agency and the Register have really good summaries on this as well. And then also, now Planned Parenthood has come up with new research about how Roe v. Wade is really hurting people, especially women who have been raped and conceived through rape. Now there's so many studies and there's so many testimonies and I'll talk about this with Father Mitch, and I know this with the countless interviews I've done covering the March for Life, interviewing women who have conceived through rape but decided to go through with the pregnancy. And the research shows, for example, you can find this online, afterabortion.org. And another, there's even a book written about this called Victor versus Victim. That women who have decided to go through with the pregnancy and either place their baby with a loving adoptive family or keep the baby, the healing process is much better and much quicker see the abortion the abortion industry says abortion is the only answer whatever your situation whatever your crisis and certainly lord help us and and the poor women who are put in that situation god forbid of being raped but when you are aborting the baby you're not going after the rapist you're killing an innocent victim and you're also hurting the mother even more and again, the research backed this up. So I just want to get the perspective from Father Mitch. He knows all about this as well, from a cultural perspective, from a historical perspective, and of course from a spiritual and theological perspective. So he'll be with us uh, for two segments. So there's that story that Planned Parenthood is pushing now. And within this agenda of the Obama, uh, again, I said it, sorry, <laughs> well, there's a lot of connection between the two because he was Obama's vice president. But anyway, with the Biden administration pushing abortion, they've now embraced this doctor from Texas who felt that she needed to abort her baby, who was diagnosed in utero with a fatal condition, and the doctor said would probably not survive outside the womb very long. And so they have her rolled into their ad campaign, and apparently she's also now been invited to speak at the State of the Union address uh, in March. So there's a lot of very emotional, very powerful stories here going on, and we need to respond not just to win an argument, but to respond with truth and love and to let women and families know that we have the resources. First, we have the answer, Jesus Christ, but we also have the resources that can help women in a variety of situations, no matter how traumatic they may be. And an interesting st- a study I found this morning, and this was a link and also result of a Google search that I did. Lila Rose did a very good summary on this doctor who's talking about the reason she felt she had to terminate her baby's life. There was a study that was found that women who go through with the pregnancy, if their baby has been diagnosed with a fetal abnormality, a severe one, and if they're involved in faith activities, 
that they are better off. And that's not the only study. So again, this is not about gotcha, I won an argument. This is about the truth and meeting women where they're at, as we saw so beautifully in all the different marches that we covered here at EWTN, and especially the theme for the March for Life DC with every woman for every child. Weather-wise, we're looking at more rain around the country, so keep that in mind if you're traveling, even flooding down south. San Diego, California, was hit so hard. I mean, record rain that came down, and they're still cleaning up. So very simply, you're going to have a lot of rain around the country and some storms, and then warmer temperatures moving in in many parts of the nation this weekend. Right now, five minutes past the hour, it is a Thursday morning. You are listening to Catholic Connection, a co-production of Ave Maria Radio. Let's get started with the news. Well, we mentioned that Bishop Michael Burbage of Arlington is criticizing Joe Biden's pro-abortion rally that took place in Virginia this week and said it's incredibly devastating that Biden would place choice over his sacred duty to protect life. According to Catholic Vote, Burbage stated on January 23rd yesterday in the Arlington Catholic Herald, that President Biden has made abortion the centerpiece of his campaign. The bishop went on to say, despite what this administration claims, taking the life of an innocent child is never a choice. Women who are facing unexpected or difficult pregnancies deserve assistance that affirms and supports them and supports life. And they shouldn't be offered the opportunity to destroy it. He also highlighted the pro-life movement's efforts to empower and support women facing unexpected pregnancies by affirming life and by providing material resources for them and their children. Burbage said, abortion remains the preeminent civil rights issue of our time, yet just this week the Biden administration announced renewed efforts to increase access to medically unsafe prescription abortion pills. He said this is clearly not about women's health. In Ohio, Catholic lawmakers or Catholic news agency and lawmakers, they are voting overwhelmingly to prohibit doctors from facilitating sex changes for children. Yesterday, on January 24th, in a successful override of the governor's veto of the legislation, that bill, which will go into effect in three months, prohibits all gender reassignment surgery performed on minors in the prescription of puberty-blocking drugs and hormone treatment designed to facilitate a gender transition for minors. More than half of the country still makes these procedures and drugs available to children. Now, during the floor debate, Republican Senator Kristen Rogner, as CNA explained, said that performing sex change surgeries on minors is a form of medical malpractice that needs to stop. Democratic lawmakers overwhelmingly oppose the legislation. And the state's Republican governor broke from his party in December when he vetoed the bill and had strong Republican support. And two weeks ago, the Republican-controlled House voted 65 to 28 to override that veto. On January 24th, the Senate followed suit, voting 23 to 9 to override the governor's veto. Both chambers have Republican supermajorities. Mark Mayfield tells us the Israel-Hamas war is raging on in the Gaza Strip. Israel's military said it's intensifying operations around the region's second largest city. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said this week that his forces will continue fighting until they reach absolute victory. This comes as the U.S. said it struck Houthi missiles, weapons depots, and radar sites in Yemen that were getting ready to target ships in the Red Sea. Meanwhile, the U.S. says it carried out airstrikes in Iraq yesterday in retaliation for an attack that injured four Americans. The strikes carried out against facilities in western Iraq that have been linked to Iranian-backed militias. Central Command says the strikes hit three locations at the Syrian border, including headquarters and training locations for Iranian-backed groups. And the top Republican in the Senate is calling for more aid to Ukraine in its war with Russia. It's in our interest to help blunt aggressive behavior before it triggers wider conflict and directly threatens our closest allies and trading partners. That's Senator Mitch McConnell talking about funding for Ukraine. It is a Thursday morning. I wanted to break a little bit early because I wanted to give Father Mitch more time to respond to what's happening out there with these major stories and the major push from the Biden administration for abortion. And a lot of this began, as we know, on Monday on the anniversary of Roe v. Wade, January 22nd. I also want to remind you of some great resources. Of course, we have summaries of this effort by the administration push for even more abortion and chemical abortions at National Catholic Register, ncregister.com, and then also catholicnewsagency.com. Another really good resource that I refer to quite a bit 
is afterabortion.org. There are all kinds of studies on there regarding the impact of abortion, not just on women and the babies, of course, but on men, other children, families, and all of us. Ten minutes past the hour. Thanks for tuning in to EWTN Cultural Connections. Up next with our one the only, Father Mitch Pacwa. When the need for senior care arises, home is where the heart is. Visiting Angels provides home care for mom or dad up to 24 hours per day, including personal care, meals, and light housework. You may select your professional caregiver with Visiting Angels. More information at visitingangels.com or at 877-374-LIVE. That's 877-374-LIVE. Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. What is the root and the multiple meanings of a word we say so often? Amen. As described in the Catholic Catechism, in Hebrew, amen's root is the same as the word believe. It expresses solidity, trustworthiness, and faithfulness. Thus, in our prayers, amen may express both God's faithfulness to us and our trust in him. The Lord Jesus frequently used the word amen, sometimes twice in one sentence, to emphasize the trustworthiness of his teaching and his authority founded on God's truth. He himself is the definitive amen of the Father's love for us. For all the promises of God find their yes in him, says the Catechism, which is why we utter the amen through him to the glory of God. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. You're listening to Ave Maria Radio. Ave Maria Radio. CMF Curo is a Catholic health care ministry providing families nationwide with a better solution centered around whole health, spirit, mind, and body. Our members share their medical burdens within a faith-filled community. At CMF Curo, our members have access to a spiritual director, concierge services, and other health and spiritual resources. Find out if CMF Curo is a better solution for your family. Visit MyCatholicHealthCare.com. That's MyCatholicHealthCare.com. Almost 13 minutes past the hour. It is a Thursday morning, January 25th. Every week we're blessed to have Father Mitch Pacwa join us. For cultural connections and and father a beautiful march last week beautiful theme and of course we covered both the walk for life west coast one, actually three things one life la and the big march for life in washington and the theme for the march for life in dc which is really considered not just a national event but an international event as you know because so many people come from all over the world to celebrate life the theme this year was with every woman for every child so the weekend goes by all these great pro-life events and then monday hits and it's the anniversary of roe v wade January 22nd, which we know was uh, obviously overturned back in 2022. But then we have the all-abortion, all-the-time campaign from this administration. Bishop Burbage has already spoken out, reminding us that abortion is a preeminent issue. But we're already seeing the angle, the take that Planned Parenthood and their cohorts and this administration are doing in terms of trying to tug at the hearts of people, making them think that we have to have abortion because it's inhumane, not to have abortion. So just your thoughts in seeing all of this and uh, you know come out with this president who claims to be a devout Catholic. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure to be with you. Um, there, there are a couple things. One is I think uh, as I've listened to uh, pundits speak, uh, you know, over the last few months. Uh, I think that they have, many of them have a point that there are so many failed uh, situations uh, from the policies that have taken place. Um, The border and the economy, the electric car push, um, and now going after, uh, uh, you know, getting everything to be gas appliances, when they had said they wouldn't, all these policies are failing. The one policy where they have found political victories in state elections has been abortion. This, uh, you know, I don't know of any other policy that has been particularly successful. 
And uh, they, so they're, they're going at what worked for them in Ohio back in 22, and they, uh, the vote for the um, constitutional right in the Constitution of uh, Ohio, a constitutional right for abortion, mm-hmm. uh, received a lot of money, and they won on that. And I think that's largely because a lot of people on both sides of the aisle don't want to take options away from other people. That's where the success came. And But they are taking the option of life from the baby. Well, yeah. <laughs> and not to mention the yeah, father and other people who don't want I the can't abortion. see that kid. So uh, the people I can see, that's the ones I don't want to remove the option. That's, that's the mentality. And so they think they can win on this. Um, and while they are <laughs> switching to blame Republicans for um, the border crisis uh, and force, focusing on uh, abortion uh, to get elected. And I can, cannot help but see in the face of uh, the chaos that the border crisis has caused. I mean, a, a city the size of Cincinnati comes in every month now. And, you know, enough people to, to populate the whole of Cincinnati uh, comes in monthly. And they're not prepared. They're not taking care of it. It's, it's, schools are being shut down, all that stuff. So, yeah, let's, we're going to guarantee the right to kill your own children. We're letting all these other people in, including children, whom there are now thousands of people, children who have crossed over in federal custody, and they've lost control over where they are. They don't know where they are. So this indicates, and, and this is something that we have to keep in mind, they you know, want people to be able to kill their own children, and when they do have custody of children, they lose that custody because they don't care. They really don't care. And uh, it's all about maintaining power for other things at which they don't seem to be particularly competent, but we can get uh, people to vote with us when it comes to killing children. That's, uh, uh, that may be uh, the cynical Chicagoan in me, but um, I, I think that there's uh, an element of that going on. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, uh, it's like so many other areas of uh, so-called freedom. We don't want people to go to prison for smoking marijuana, even though studies are showing increasingly this is harmful. But, you know, it's allowing freedom, especially if those freedoms are about keeping political supporters happy. If you can have sex with no consequences, such as a child, a child is a very natural consequence of sexual relations between a man and a woman. That's pretty normal. And uh, But to, to have that without consequences is acceptable and promoted. And the same thing with drug use without consequence, even though it does have consequences. And abortion has consequences that are not addressed. Oftentimes, the consequences of abortion on women, long run, are ignored and denied, whereas the effects that it has sometimes decades later, decades later, in counseling, I've seen this. Women who had abortions when they were young all of a sudden in their 70s and 60s find that they are having um, great difficulties. And this is the reality. Father, I wanted also to mention, you've seen that story, and, and this is going to happen supposedly at the State of the Union address where Biden has invited this, this woman who happens to be a doctor, 
who terminated her pregnancy, and she was in Texas, and she had to go to another state. It was a big story. And now they're bringing her to talk about her situation at the State of the Union to push their abortion agenda further. And she's saying, or they're claiming, I'm not sure if she's saying it in the ad, but they're claiming that her health was in jeopardy. And yet if you look at what was actually being done in her situation, her health was not in jeopardy. She was obviously felt that she needed for whatever reason, and maybe she hasn't heard information about how women who go through with a pregnancy, even if the child is, is determined not to live long after the birth, that that's much more healing. I just read a study uh, at the top of the hour that actually says that, a new study. Mm-hmm. And so they're using this, and they're really tugging at our emotions. They did the same thing in Michigan with Prop 3, which passed by enormous margins. And yep. we have, and then they lie. They twist and they lie, and 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 they're because they they lie because abortion is is a big lie. But we have so many powerful witnesses and po- powerful testimonies of women who have conceived through rape and either placed the baby with an adoptive family or raised the child. And there's also study after study, especially Dr. Reardon at his website afterabortion.org, that shows that if a woman does decide to go through with the pregnancy, even if she goes through the horrific situation of of conceiving through rape that she is much better off emotionally even physically psychologically all of these things because of the stress level and the trauma you're doubling on the trauma when you add abortion to a rape and and we need to tell these stories and this is what i'm concerned about we're not telling these stories yet yeah and this is something that um you know certainly here at ewtn and uh, and various affiliates we have programs that are pro-life and tell... Well, we do. Stories. I'm talking about getting it out there in the secular public. I mean, we cover and that all the, the time. I mean, the, Silent No right, More, yeah, exactly. right, your show, my show. Yeah. And, you know, getting that into the secular media, even some of the conservative secular media, it's not just the liberal media. Mm-hmm. It's also some of the, con- the so-called politically conservative because some of them are... Uh, you know, remember last week when we talked about um, the, the comparing the issue of abortion to the attitudes towards uh, slavery, that both were robbing people of humanity, one of life, the other of liberty. And one of the things that happened to the Republican Party in the 1870s when Reconstruction was ended, that they lost an election because they were supporting the rights of African Americans, the freed slaves. They supported their civil rights, and they lost the election. Said, "Oh, we better not do that anymore, because getting it reelected is what we got to do." They were cowards, and I see among, I hear among some of the uh, conservative folks that we, oh, we better not talk about abortion. Because, you know, that's a losing uh, uh, issue instead of saying we need to promote this value of life. And this is something that uh, it's a a fear of losing power rather than a love of preserving virtue and the right, the inalienable right to life that is at stake for people in many of the media, conservative as well, of course, the the liberal, and uh, among uh, politicians, uh, the Democrats see this as a winning issue, and the Republicans are starting to fear it because it could be a losing issue. We better not go there. And they become quavering uh, cowards. Uh, And this is one of the things where part of our issue is to call all folks of goodwill on all sides of the spectrum of politics and such to be courageous in defending life because it's innocent life. I would also add this. In the case of rape, uh, I think this is a very important issue. What you do to the child that is conceived in rape is what you do in abortions, namely cut off the arms and legs and crush the skull. That's what an abortion entails. These are formed legs and arms and, and heads, faces, and all, and that's, that's the cruelty that's done. Now, here's 
a very important principle. Our law forbids us to cut the arms and the legs off of the rapist and then crush his skull. That is forbidden because it's cruel and unusual punishment, and that is against the Bill of Rights. We may not do that. And I doubt that even the victims of rape would want that. So if you don't do it to the perpetrator of the crime, why do you do it to the innocent victim? Right. And then when we come back, we want to talk about that we're not helping women, these rape victims at all, when we're saying abortion is the answer. It's never the answer because it makes a bad situation, a horrible situation, even worse. And the studies show that out. More with Father Mitch Paco when we come back. Father Mitch Pacwa needs no introduction, but if you don't know who he is, you can check out his great work on EWTN.com. He is a scriptural scholar, he is a noted author, speaker, and one of our most popular hosts both on radio and TV. So Father Mitch, the other story, uh, there were two things I wanted to, to do in our last segment here. The story also circulating now, just came out today, uh, NPR is all over it, Washington Post, New York Times, all the usual suspects have just grabbed onto this, and it's a study from a Planned Parenthood doctor. So the source is Planned Parenthood. Consider the source is one of the first things you learn in journalism. And everyone should consider the source because especially given the, the lack of sources and attribution we have out there in, in the culture and the media. But this doctor is claiming that there are 64,000 plus unwanted pregnancies that were associated with rape in states that have bans on abortion following the overturning of Roe v. Wade. And this is the narrative now this week going into... Following the anniversary of Roe v. Wade, in the middle of this all-abortion, all-the-time campaign, going into the State of the Union address. And we have to investigate this study because oftentimes when Planned Parenthood is behind or the abortion industry is behind studies, the numbers are skewed, and yet the press just jump all over it. So we need to be able to respond. uh, Two things. We need to find out whether Planned Parenthood is lying which they did back before Roe about the number of people who died uh, from illegal abortions. Yeah. They lied about that. Yeah. So and those numbers that, that they lied about, they still use them. And Bernard Nathanson, bless his heart, after he converted and, and came into the pro-life movement, he was the one who gave him the numbers, made them up for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's one thing you have to do. And that, that's, this will take an investigation. But let's, um, until we get that investigation on the, the, the liars from uh, Planned Parenthood. I'm going to go with this being true. Let's start off with that. And my question is, what are the district attorneys and the police doing about rapists? Mm-hmm. How is it that this is so common? As I recall, uh, only uh, 2% of rapes lead to uh, 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 conception. Actually, most it's less time, than that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, th- this is a horrible, horrible trauma uh, for a woman, and uh, that seems to have some effect on the conception. So then you're telling me that there is, um, uh, you know, more than 50 times more rapes than that? And why is law enforcement not putting these rapists in prison? Are there that many rapists in prison? Are they being arrested and convicted? And why not? And why is the punishment of these criminals not made so severe and women, so that women can be protected by, in part, the threat that if you rape a woman, you will suffer the consequences. This is an unacceptable crime. And instead, they're running around saying, no, we've got to kill the victims. We have to kill the 64,000 babies. And that's what their solution is, instead of going after protecting women from rapists. These are people who have an evil ideology. This, you know, protecting women 
is uh, should be a an extremely high priority, but we see too often that district attorneys won't prosecute these crimes, and of course they get away. So maybe there is an increase of rape. Go after that and deal with that reality. And uh, this is something that I, I, in fact, suspect is connected to the growing anti-woman mentality of the left. They, uh, women are no lo- women's issues are no longer the, the, uh, the, have the importance on the left that they once did. Uh, because as we see, President Biden nominated a physical man as woman of the year last mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the top women swimmers are men. And this is going on throughout because they don't really care about women. And this is another example. They're not talking about what do we do to increase protection of women. No, let's kill their children. That's their solution. We also, though, have to have an answer because we, that, that's absolutely true. And you're right. Why, 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 is the, why are the children and the women the victims again? Because you're re-victimizing yep. both the woman and the, and the child. Exactly. And the child is becoming a victim again. At the same time, we can also tell people that we have support and help for women who are in those Bingo. horrific situations. And that's what we talked about on Bingo. Friday at the March for Life. And, it, and, the, and I would agree 100% that it is not an issue uh, it is not fair that an innocent woman accosted by a very evil man in, by, who rapes her should not have the burden of raising a child. But there are other people who will help out. Right. And we in the church have to come step up and say, we'll, we'll take those babies. And, and I know they will. And it, this is one of the other things, too, that, that folks... Uh, as a part of a rhetorical issue, will say, well, all you care about is making sure that they get born, but you don't care afterwards. That's not true. That's not true. That's the, not true. The, no. the, the pro-life centers and women's health centers that help to prevent abortion also give prenatal and postnatal care. Yes, they money and support and parental and, and you know parental diapers. advice and classes and diapers yeah. and bassinets and drive to doctor on and on and on. So that's just is something yeah. that we we do step up. And I speak at you know uh, you know fundraisers for these pro life centers because they need money to do that. Right. All of us need to step up to help those pro life centers to do what the the. The, the, the work for life and respect, and, and I always love it when they bring the kids. It's so cool. Yeah, yeah. There, there's so much to do. One quick, we, we're going to run out of time, but people need to be reminded that of what Bishop Bur- Burbage, such a strong, strong pro-life bishop, said uh, in his statement that was released this week. He said that we need to remember that abortion is the preeminent issue. He said that again, yes. and that's what the bishop yes. said last year. Preeminent issue because it is connected to everything. All of these other issues are important, health care, looking at victims of war, immigration, but none of that matters if you're dead. And we all need to study that as to why the church teaches this, the preeminent yep. issue. The answer is never abortion. The situation, as horrific as it can be, love is the answer, being there for people. And that's what the pro-life movement does. But my frustration is we need to get those stories out there beyond. And even it's important to say it repeatedly here because not everybody is in agreement with us here. And I know that from the emails I get. We need to say it on EWTN, on Ave Maria Radio, all of our affiliates, Mm -hmm. all of our outlets. We need to continue to explain that love is the answer and that we have the answer in love and help. Father, I could talk to you for another three hours on this. Thank you so much for spending a little bit more time with us this morning. I'm sure this will be coming up again, especially this election year. Father Mitch Pacwa from EWTN. Check out his great work, EWTN.com, especially his live shows, which are awesome. We'll be right back.
29 minutes past the hour is a Thursday morning. EWTN, EWTN.com. This program co-produced by Ave Maria Radio and EWTN, also AveMariaRadio.net. And please check out all of our great pro-life resources. We have so much to offer you. We have a weekly show, Pro-Life Weekly, with the lovely Prudus Robinson every week. And we have all kinds of great resources on our website. You can just put in pro-life and tons of information will pop up. Not to mention all the other interviews that we do on all of our programs and in the National Catholic Register and Catholic News Agency. Just so many great resources for you. And we need to have the resources. And that's what our next guest is about, providing resources for those in prison. Carrie Johnston with Colbin Prison Ministries and Ascension's Donation of Bible Studies. Carrie, I understand that we met at a, was it a pro-life event, right, not too long ago? It was about six to eight years ago in San Antonio. I was the organizer for a crisis pregnancy center uh, fundraising gala. And you oh, that was huge. People. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. That was a big one. Yep, yeah. That was a good one. Well, good to talk to you again. So tell me about Colby Prison Ministries and how did you get involved? Oh, certainly. Uh, Colby Prison Ministries is a Catholic lay organization of men and women. Uh, who volunteer to serve the incarcerated with three-day retreats, and we also do follow-up education, uh, including RCIA and Bible studies. We've been doing this since 2009, uh, where we brought uh, uh, hundreds of retreats, actually, into the prisons and serving more than 60 incarceration facilities across several states. And we're also recognized as being fully Catholic by the USCCB uh, by being listed in the official Catholic directory. That's kind of it in a nutshell of, of who we are. Um, you know, in terms of uh, how we serve, we serve with the retreats uh, to, to get the, uh, the inmates uh, on fire, and, and they, they certainly do. But we have to follow that up, and, and in order to uh, keep that flame alive, we have to do uh, additional, uh, you know, follow-up with them with uh, continuing education and formation, and that's where Ascension Press is really uh, come to uh, help us, uh, great supporter, and uh, help in in uh, continuing to keep that flame alive. Yeah, super important. Do you find I have a number of questions for you that are popping into my head? But do you find that it's it's more difficult in the prisons because most uh, most prison ministries are often associated with not that that's bad, but with evangelical ministries versus a Catholic ministry? Absolutely. Uh, the uh, the founders of Cold Prison Ministries uh, were originally involved with the uh, interdenominational mm-hmm. uh, prison ministry, and and uh, unfortunately they have to really keep it very vanilla uh, since it's interdenominational. And so any of the Catholic uh, teachings and uh, and uh, approaches that you might want to have in prison were not available to the prisoners at that time. And so uh, in 2009, uh, the, uh, the group decided to bring Catholic teachings, Catholic retreats into the prisons, and uh, it has just grown uh, almost exponentially since then. But it, it's just important to, to really uh, showcase and, and pass along the, the Catholic faith to the, uh, to the inmates, which uh, had not gotten, uh, had an opportunity, rather, uh, to learn and to experience the, the Catholic faith while inside the walls. So how is this ministry associated with Maximilian Kolbe? Uh, obviously the name. How did that come about? Yeah, well, Maximilian Kolbe, St. Maximilian, right. is the, the patron of prisoners, as mm-hmm. you probably know. And, right. Uh, that was the, really the, the, the germ of the idea, that uh, originally when uh, the retreats were uh, offered, they were offered uh, under the name of Prison Acts, which is Acts Retreats uh, out of San Antonio. And over time, it became very clear that they needed to change that to uh, something else, because you just can't do the same things in prison due to security and other things. Mm-hmm. So in 2015, uh, the name Colby Prison Ministries was, was uh, uh, assumed uh, and formed uh, legally, and uh, and went forward, but but having uh, Saint Maximilian Kolbe as the uh, patron saint is uh, and, and knowing something about him, the kind of person that he was, what he stood for, uh, what he he did in in, in promoting Our Lady, uh, we're just pleased to to have him again as our our patron saint for this ministry. Now I know Kolbe Ministries considers this to be a pro-life ministry as well. How can this be seen as pro-life prison ministry? 
You know, that's interesting. Uh, you know, like we, we were talking earlier, I've been involved in pro-life uh, for, I was on a, on a board, crisis pregnancy board, for about 10 years, um, and, and very active in that and have moved away from San Antonio, so I'm not involved in that uh, same ministry. But it, it's interesting. You wouldn't think about it at first, but, you know, for the pro-life ministry, for the unborn, you know, so many people consider the unborn to be worthless, you know, to be without rights. Uh, to not even be human, which mm-hmm. which is really sad, as as we all know. But you think about it, and how those same characteristics and descriptions apply to uh, inmates. You know, they're considered by many to be worthless, without rights, and and not even human. Uh, the, the babies you look at uh, uh, you know, you, to kill them, the, the the prisoners you lock up the lock them up, throw away the key, and, and so. Um, you know, and they're both uh, vulnerable human beings, you know, the unborn certainly, and you might not think of the inmates as being vulnerable, but they are certainly broken and hurting and many without hope. And, you know, those of us that have been close to them realize that, you know, they are broken people uh, and they hide it very well. You know, mm-hmm. they have to when you're inside prison. But, but there really are parallels that uh, you don't think about uh, until you get involved in both, which, which I have been. That's very powerful, and it's very interesting how you transitioned into this type of ministry, given your your pro-life work with the Pregnancy Resource Centers, which is incredible. We're talking with Carrie Johnston with Colby Prison Ministries. It's a lay Catholic organization, as you've heard, of men and women volunteering to service the incarcerated with three-day retreats and follow-up education, including but not limited to RCIA and Bible studies. And since 2009... KPM has brought many hundreds of retreats into prison, serving over 60 facilities across the country. Now, in terms of the numbers of uh, Ascension Bible materials, Bible studies, how, how large is that now, Carrie, in terms of the donations? Uh, you know, yeah, we have uh, we received a, a gift a donation of nearly 9,400 uh, Bible timeline workbooks. Wow! Just, uh, I know. You, you try to imagine how many that is. Uh, it, it's mind-boggling. And just such a great, generous donation to us for use within the prisons. And so we uh, we have taken those and we have distributed probably two thirds of those to various local uh, core teams, local uh, groups, leadership groups within dioceses, and so on, uh, for use in the prisons within their dioceses. And uh, we've had just tremendous success in doing so. Uh, an example is in the North Houston area. Uh, we have uh, four prisons there. They have, uh, or will soon have, nearly 400 uh, men in those units involved in Bible studies using the Bible timeline materials. Um, over uh, uh, 10 uh, different Bible study groups. Uh, and, and the story is the same in, in other areas where these are being used. Uh, we've gotten any number of uh, letters back from inmates that have indicated uh, how thankful they are to us and especially to Ascension Press for uh, the gift of those uh, um, resources for their Bible studies. And it's made a huge impact on them as Catholics within uh, prisons to be able to address questions from non-Catholics about their faith. And they weren't able to address them in the past, but they, they have the resources now to be able to address them uh, confidently. Does Jeff Cavins know this, uh, what's going on with this? Because I'm sure he'd be thrilled, because Bible Timeline <laughs> is his baby. He, he has been inside the walls with uh, some Colby Prison Ministry leaders, and uh, we're hoping to get him in again with us uh, at a uh, uh, Colby Prison Ministry retreat uh, in this year, and, and that's in the works. I'm not sure where that's at, but... Wow. but uh, I, I think he was blown away when he had a chance to at least step inside uh, one of the prisons and see what it is like. But he has not experienced yet what the retreats do, which are mm. miraculous. I mean, it has so many stories I can share. We just don't have time for. Well, maybe but, you could um, do a maybe you could do a, a book for Ascension, Carrie, with the testimonies. What do you think? <laughs> just putting it out well, there. You never know, right? There, you, you never know. There, there, just, we have to keep. You know the, the uh, what happens in the in the retreats confidential, but we have kind of general stories that yeah. But you can do general because, stories and just use you know different names. Yeah, I suppose we could. It's it just some of these things. Uh, you know what what you see there in in uh, changes in in a, a three day period of time where you have uh, rival gang members coming together and treating each other as brothers of Christ. Wow. You have. Uh, 
conversions of Satan worshipers in three days' time, going from being a you know a Satan worshiper to to wanting to join the Catholic Church, uh, go to RCAA and become Catholic. I mean, these, these and there's many more. There's just so much that that happens in these uh, retreats and and follow up uh, uh, education and, and and so on that. Uh, are mind-boggling. I think that's what brings people back to this ministry. You know, it's not one that people would gravitate to normally. You think, yeah, you right. wake up one morning, yeah, I'd like to do Bible, or I'd like to do uh, prison ministry, rather. And and uh, and so it's a hard sell from that standpoint. And you and I know that in, in uh, other ministries, especially pro-life, it's an easy sell. You know, people want to protect the unborn. Uh, it, it's a harder sell when you're trying to uh, minister to those in prison, and, and we're really just doing what Jesus told us, you know, uh, in uh, Matthew twenty five thirty six. Uh, to uh, you know, I was in prison, and you visited right. me. Right, uh, corporal and spiritual works of mercy. Right, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. We see mm-hmm. Jesus in every face of the, the prisoners, and we treat them accordingly. Okay, but here, not not to put you on the spot, my friend. However, you mentioned the, the, this. This is me, the, the reporter and the writer talking. The stories that you mentioned right there, opposite gang members from opposite gangs, right? Very violent situation, very volatile, explosive situation. I can only imagine in prison, and they come together. All these different right. conversions and reversions. So think about the world we're in today, and how volatile. All the polarization. We can't even speak to each other, right? Think about what a, a witness that would be to a very broken world. I'm just saying, I'm putting it out there. Think about it, pray about it. (laughs) Talk to Jeff about it. Talk to Father Mike, you know, Schmitz from Ascension. They're right there with you on that, right? Actually, what what we would prefer, I mean, I think that's a great idea, but I think it would be great for individuals to experience this for themselves. I think if if you actually had an opportunity to to go into prison. Why can't you do both? I'm not going to let you go on this one because I really think you need to put this down in writing. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, I agree. But it doesn't mean you can't have a book out there. Yeah, I'm just saying. I, okay. I, I just I'll, think I'll, I, I'll, I, stories, you have to tell stories. We were just talking about this all hour that we have to get our stories out because the left is yeah. now pushing all these stories related to abortion. So we need to put beautiful yeah. stories out about pro-life. I, I don't want to put you on the spot anymore. I'm, I'm just saying the great work that you're doing, my friend, I'd love to see it get even more Exposure. Okay, so what can we do to help? What what can our listeners do to help? Well, you know, we always need prayers. Certainly, when we're going into dark places, uh, it's really important to have prayers for uh, protection, strength, uh, and of course, we're expanding. We we've expanded from just Texas into Louisiana a few years ago, uh, into Florida, uh, into Oklahoma. We have a retreat coming up in two weeks, into Kansas later this year. Uh, so we, we really need uh, volunteers. It's, it's Again, it's not an easy sell, but once you try it, you like it, kind of like the old Alka Seltzer commercial. Then it oh, boy, is, how uh, old are we? Do you remember that commercial? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I was not going to say that, but thank you. Uh, uh, just say it. And ultimately, uh, you know, for us to be able to do this and expand, you know, we're a small organization, and we're really stretched, you know, as far as resources, so... You know, any financial uh, material support would be surely appreciated. Well, God love you. What a unique story. This is great. And I'm curious to see how it continues to progress, especially with our friend Jeff and, and, and going back and doing even more. The website is colbyprisonministries.org. Colbyprisonministries.org, named after, of course, the great Saint Maximilian Colby. And I'll tell you what, Carrie, thanks. It's great to talk to you again. And you're such a pro-life warrior in so many ways. And, again, not trying to put you on the spot, but I just really feel, and I know people need to experience it, but lots of folks won't be able to do that for maybe whatever, for whatever reason. So just think about it. That's all I'm asking as a sister in the Lord. I, I you planted the seed. And that's what we plant seeds and you planted the seed, so we'll think about it. Yes, well, thanks, and you're welcome to come on and let us know how this progresses. Thank you so much. Great to talk with you again, Carrie Johnson, Colby Prison Ministries. What a beautiful, beautiful ministry. Talk about directly impacting the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. And thanks to our friends at Ascension for donating such a huge amount in Bible study materials for this beautiful prison ministry. We'll be right back on that Thursday. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. 
You can learn more about the Ave Maria Mutual Funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. The Catholic Church teaches that Jesus Christ is literally and wholly present, body and blood, soul and divinity, under the appearances of bread and wine. St. John the Apostle records the John chapter 6 Bread of Life Discourse in which Jesus states that His flesh is true food and His blood true drink. Who better to understand John's writings and subsequent teachings than a disciple and student of John, St. Ignatius of Antioch? In his letter to the Smyrnians in 110 A.D., Ignatius writes, I have no taste for corruptible food, nor for the pleasures of this life. I desire the bread of God, which is the flesh of Jesus Christ. And for drink, I desire His blood, which is love incorruptible. The Catholic Church absolutely follows St. John and St. Ignatius in taking Jesus at His word. Examining the truths of the Catholic faith, this is faithforensics.org. This week on Christ is the Answer, Father John shows us how to grow in our faith. You have been anointed by the Holy One. Okay, what now? It's time to grow in our relationship with God and to strengthen our faith. But how do we grow? Attending Mass, reading Scripture, and other books about Jesus and the saints, and much more. Join us this week as Father John shows us how to grow in our faith, as well as getting us ready for a year of faith. Tune in for Christ is the Answer, Monday through Fridays at 11 a.m. on Ave Maria Radio. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Thursday morning edition of Catholic Connection. Tomorrow we have Doug Keck and our Inside Word and, of course, Fact Check Friday. And we're still working on the uh, stories for the rest of the show. And don't forget, check out all those resources always at EWTN.com. We've got the information for you. And we'll talk more about ways you can learn more about the stories that are being presented with us tomorrow in Fact Check Friday. Talk to you then. On Damani. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E Maria Radio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connections.